You're listening to The Millionaire Underdog. Hi everyone, and welcome to The Millionaire Underdog, the podcast that dives deep into the stories of remarkable entrepreneurs who defied the odds and turned their challenges into triumphs. I'm your host, Sander, and I'm joined by my producer, Didier. And together, we're here to bring you inspiring conversations with those who navigated the stormy seas of business, transforming setbacks into stepping stones towards success. Join us as we sit down with some of the most brilliant minds in the business world, individuals who have not only thrived as leaders, but have also transformed adversity into a stepping stone towards greatness. These aren't your typical success stories. They are tales of resilience, innovation, and the unwavering pursuit of their dreams. Our guests will reveal the invaluable insights they acquired during their career, insights that become the foundation of their story. So, whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur, a business enthusiast, or simply someone who loves a good underdog story, Millionaire Underdog is here to inspire, educate, and motivate. Get ready to be inspired, get ready to embrace the mindset of an underdog. This is the Millionaire Underdog Podcast. Today, we have no one less with us than Evert Eikerman from The Square White. He is a consultant for unique and innovative solutions. He is determined to give your entrepreneurial challenges the best solution possible and I can guarantee his creative mind is one like no other. He is a facilitator for your company's next big step. Hi Evert and welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Very fine, thank you. And how are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you. So um, our audience doesn't know you maybe very well, but we know each other for quite some time now, I think. Um, but maybe can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Who are you and what do you do? Very easy. Who am I? Uh, as you already told everybody, my name is Evert. I'm uh, 46, Sumbus Young. I'm walking this earth for uh, quite some time now. I'm a proud dad of three children and I'm also a bonus dad for three other children. My girlfriend, yeah, she's a lovely wife. And uh, with the bonus came three guys. Um, in my spare time, I have hobbies galore. I have, let's say it this way. I don't have enough time to do everything I want to do. Evert, you're an entrepreneur. You have your own business with the square white. Yeah. Um, when did for you start the idea from, I want to be my own boss. What was the first spark of that journey? Like, why did you want to be your own boss? It happened more than 15 years ago. I went to, uh, to an evening. A friend of mine asked me to go to uh, one of those coaches, uh, those inspirational coaches and uh, come over and let's have some blast. And I went there and I was sitting there. I was thinking to myself, all oh, this American bullshit. Oh my God. But at the same time, I was thinking, hmm, I can do something with this. And that's when the fire started to burn. First, it was a, a little flame and now it's a burning, uh, burning big fire. Yeah. 
Now, it, now it's a forest fire. Yeah, no, <laughs> not exactly. But it's a big fire. It's a, it's kind of a volcano kind of like fire. How big is the fire going to get for you, do you think? Is the fire always going to grow? Do you have for your business a very much growing mindset? I think I've just, I think, I'm sure I just started with burning. Also, I, I already told you it's happened more than 15 years ago. Then I became boss of a, of a company um, there uh, three years ago. I noticed that company is not my company. So I left it uh, and now I'm my own boss for three years with my new company. And that fire, it's just a tiny volcano in the sea and it will become a volcano with lots of land, its own forestation, own animals, birds, flowers, everything you want. I hear you say that your fire is going to be a volcano that eventually bursts out into an island. Do you hope to um, be the... Um, Do you hope to create possibilities for employees? Maybe in the future, do you have employees? Maybe that's my first question. Uh, I don't have employees for the moment. Am I going to create the possibility for them? As it is now in my mind, there will be place for em employees, but there will also be place for other uh, freelance uh, minds like mine. I'm, I'm, I'm more like of a community kind of guy than a company kind of guy. Okay, can you can you explain that a little bit more? What do you mean by community versus company? Uh, a company is where people come to work for a boss and they all try to achieve the same goal. A community is more based in society. It has more roots and it comes from all over the world where people are inspired by each other and where there nobody's working actually it's all one big happy uh bunch of people who are having fun but at the same time making profit uh growing learning and inspiring and motivating each other and those community of people they all have different companies i assume like different um outcomes for their company yeah. but they work together in some sort of beautiful synergy it's more like an environmental community where if you look to the nature when you don't add something to nature it will remove you and that's where i'm going for i heard you say um indeed about growing I heard you say about a volcanic island. I heard you talk about reuniting a lot of freelancers and other companies in one big community. Is there like, what is the ultimate goal for you? I hear you talk about growth. Is there something like you aim for? Where do you aim for? There, one, there is a saying, when you aim for the stars and you fail, you will land on the moon. But saying also goes, if you aim for the moon and you fail, you will land between the stars. Now, where do I aim for? I can't explain exactly where I really aim for. If there's a possibility to use all the creativity of 8 billion people in the world, billiard people in the world, then the amount of possibilities for mankind 
would be endless. And now it's only a few people who are using their creativity, so the amount of possibilities is also very tiny. And when I look to the world and beyond, some people say I'm a dreamer, and I'm not the only one, this song from the Beatles, um, there is more than just this. Much more. There are only possibilities. Just not enough time. And too much hobbies. So you're also, you're trying to inspire. Yeah. Right. Can you maybe talk about uh, one of the last times you felt inspired? Um, I think you're going to, uh, to laugh about it uh, a tiny bit. The last time was a couple of months ago when I, uh, somebody told me I'm part of a, of, a, of a rock band, a metal band. And I don't know if you know them, Evert. They're called Hippotractor and we're going to play on Graspop. And I thought to myself, eh, okay, let's put on uh, their album on Spotify. The first song was okay, the second song was better. And the third song I was all like, mm, oh my God, it has been a long time since I've heard something refreshing in this genre. The time before was Coffin Feeder on Antwerp Metal Fest. I was like, ah, lovely, mm, great sound, good lyrics, good song. Loved, love everything. So, if you want to know what inspires me the most, that's music. For the, for the people who are listening, uh, Evert is giving me a very kind compliment because he's talking about my band. Uh, I'm, um, I'm the guy who, who he was talking to. But um, so music is something that inspires you. Yep. Do you also use it, Evert, to, um, to give you ideas or to get you in the flow? Because you are a creative thinker for companies. So does music help you create ideas? Yeah, a lot. Um, a while ago, I had uh, a meeting with an architect and he told me every time he is creating a new house, he puts on a LP, a record, and in the six, seven days that he's starting to make the foundation for the house, I was going to make his first proposal. He's always putting on the same record. And after six, seven days, he creates a completely new house. And that house, he will go with to, the, to his customer and he will uh, make his first appearance of the sketch, the drawing. And when he said that to me, I was thinking to myself, I'm always listening to music and it always inspires me. Always. And that was when I took the idea from him and I went to a customer and I asked him after we did our final analysis uh, of what's the value of the, of the company, I asked him, what is your favorite kind of music? And he told me it's... Um, it was inspiring uh, music from, from the Alps. And on the other side, it was uh, a hard style techno music. So it was completely two different sets of music. And since that day, when I'm focusing on a problem for him, I put on the second type of music, the hard style music. And that always brings me directly to that customer. So it, uh, I'm directly in the flow for creating new things for that guy. And when I do my analysis of a company 
I always use their music for uh, as a as benchmark for me to get my mind flowing and then dive into the problem at hand. Can you maybe uh, give some advice for listeners on how to use music that maybe can inspire them? Maybe use it for like a workout. That's where a lot of people use music for, just to get some energy. But is there ways you can think of that our listeners, our entrepreneurs, um, can use music to their better? If you put on the radio, like Studio Brussels and, and whatever you want to hear, most of the time they're playing pop songs and nostalgic songs. We all have sometimes a down mood and we have an up mood. You just told us uh, about putting on music when you do a workout. Put on the music that gives you energy. And that's the same when you're uh, working. Put on the music that gives you energy and not that drains you from it. And that's very, very, very important. If I have a walk on the evening, I'm not putting on nostalgic music because my, my brain will go to a nostalgic mood. I want something that inspires me. And for everybody, that type of music is different. Find out what music inspires you and find out what music demotivates you. And when you know what music is for you the best or the last, put that in use. I have a Spotify list with everything in it. I have a Spotify list with only metal music in it. I have running music because I also run, but that's and running metal music. When I'm drunk, give me Schlager music. And it's <laughs> But everybody has to find out for themselves what kind of music motivates them, inspires them, or demotivates them. It makes me think of my next question for you, but I think for you this question has a lot of meaning and maybe for some of our other guests a bit less. But is there a creative aspect to being an entrepreneur? For you, I think it's a big question because that's what you do for other companies. But maybe as you're talking about music, it gives you energy, it gives you flow, it gives you maybe creativity. Do you think that for a lot of entrepreneurs, the majority of it, is creativity important? Do you think that? I have. Uh, for the moment, I'm pretty sure that it's not very important. As long as you find a product that is unique um, for uh, the market, you don't have to be creative to sell stuff. One of my uh, bonus sons, is, uh, he has a small company and it's only doing drop shipments. So there's nothing creative about it. He just buys t-shirts somewhere in the world and he sends them to some other place in the world. And a lot of people do that. You don't have to be creative about it. But then if you want to make a difference, that's where creativity has some importance. Not everybody mm -hmm. wants to be different than other people. They just want, for example, sending t-shirts all over the world for a fair price. My bonus son, he makes his own logos, prints for on the t-shirts, and he has some designers working for them. So he's unique in his print, which makes him unique. But he, sell, he himself 
is not entirely busy with the creative process itself. So do you have to be creative to be an entrepreneur? I don't think, think so. If you want to excel and want to be different, then you have to be creative or have to be cre- supported by somebody creative. Do you need to be passionate, do you think? To be an entrepreneur. Uh-huh. If you're not passionate, stop being an entrepreneur. Really? Okay. Why, why do you think so? When I was in my previous role, uh, in the beginning I was very passionate and there was a drive and there was a goal and you wanted to go forward. And when the passion flows away, you become a part of the company. You're not an entrepreneur anymore. You're just doing business. Yeah, we had um, a wonderful guest over last week. Her name was uh, Nara and she was also talking about passion and where to, that it maybe sometimes comes out of different places. That you don't need to be a musician or a painter. That's the classical thing, uh, way of thinking. We think about passion, but helping people can be a passion as well. Um, maybe money can be a passion as well. Not per se gathering money, but working with money can also be something you have an interest in. So yeah, I feel it's... Um, we asked that question last week and it was also came out like you need some some fire. You need some fire somewhere. So uh, I agree. Yeah, you don't. Uh, as you say, uh, passion, you need it. Uh, everything you find in the world, you can be passionate about. And if you have a unique look to everything again, that what you're passionate about, then you will create an advantage that nobody else has. Because people, when you buy stuff from other people, buying stuff, it's always based on emotion and need. And if you buy something from, uh, everybody has that moment when they go into a shop and there's somebody at the counter and he goes like, yeah, I don't know, what do you want to buy? That's not the moment that you're inspired and motivated to buy stuff. You're more demotivated. You're going like, oh my God. Does he want to work here? But then again, if you go into a company and last time when I bought my glasses, the lady at the counter, she she went like, hey, come in. And uh, what do you want to buy? I said, glasses. I I think I have the glasses for you, but I don't know if you're going to like them, but I would like you to try them on. And this was not something I was wanting to buy. I went for something very classy very classic old school and now I've got something round and big and plastic and blah. and everybody says like mm, those glasses suit you so you you actually you made a very good connection while buying those glasses you made a good connection with the person who sold you the glasses um how do you go about making a connection with your clients is there a way you try to do it is there or you just follow your gut I'm not living in the fantasy that everybody is going to be my customer or my client. Because that's a fantasy. I don't have the unique product that everybody wants to buy. I have a product that some people need and some people don't need. So no, I don't connect with everybody and I'm not trying to. But if there is a connection, then 9 out of 10, he or she 
will be working with me in the future. Not necessarily for my services, but maybe we will share a network. We will share um, knowledge, but there will be a connection. I don't know if you know the one-third rule in the world of people. No, I have never heard of it. The one-third rule is is um, one-third of the people, Sander, will like you. One-third of the people are neutral about you the first time they see you. And one-third of the people dislike you. So your market value is actually maybe 66,6%. Maybe. Because 33.333% won't buy from you. So don't focus on that. Don't focus on them. That's actually a good good tip advice as well, because I think some entrepreneurs, when they just missed out on a client or they just didn't close a deal, they may be sometimes wondering, oh, what did I do wrong and how can I learn from this? But maybe sometimes there is no lesson. Maybe there just wasn't a connection. When, when you go to a, to a network event, um, you have to make... Uh, do the maths, do your maths, go in and talk to as much people as you can and then write down how many connections you had, how many neutral feelings and how many negative connections. It will be approximately that figure, one third, one third, one third. What is your passion? My passion really is give me a problem and I will look for a solution. Sometimes it's not very easy to see the possibility, but there are only possibilities. What was one of your most difficult solutions to find? Because you were talking about sometimes so you like finding solutions, that's what you do, but sometimes they you need to really dig deep. Like, can you remember a solution you needed to find and you were like, oh, this, one, this one was pretty close of not finding the solution for it? I've got a vast network. I can find a lot of people for a different kind of uh, services. I didn't find until today. Yeah, I, one thing that I can't solve, but nobody can. That's when somebody dies and bring them back to life. That's something I can't solve. It would be amazing if someone, please, if there's a listener of all our podcast, and you can bring the, uh, the dead back to the living. You know, we can invite you here. Sure thing, <laughs> we'll have you as our guest. I can promise you that. And Evert, are there maybe any other um, entrepreneurial challenges you have faced that were kind of difficult for you? The biggest issue or uh, difficulty I faced was uh, having been uh, diagnosed with ADD. That explained a lot about how my mind is working but also about how my mind uh, will make the same patterns over and over again sometimes when I'm not in a happy place with my head. It was uh, three years ago when uh, in the midst of COVID that uh, my brain, it was really fried. It was totally fried. I went to a psychiatrist and I asked him, can you do the test on me if I have ADD, ADHD, some people thought uh, I was having ADHD or do I have AAS, ASS, autistic syndrome, 
autistic spectrum syndrome. I have both. I have AASS and I have ADD. But that also explains by having ADD why my mind is so creative. That's one of the positive effects of having ADD. The downside sometimes is that when you're in a bad place, it's very hard to get out. And COVID pushed me for a very long time in a very dark place in my head, somewhere I did not want to be. And to get back on my feet, I, 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 was, I went looking for help and I found it in a high performance coach who is very, uh, how do you say it, uh, skilled with the brain. And uh, I'm taking medication for my mind to keep it stable, solid and focused. I can imagine that some of our listeners um, maybe also have ADD, ADHD, ASS. Me as well, I have ADHD. Um, can you have like some advice as an entrepreneur to other entrepreneurs? Like there are some specific struggles you have when you have ADD and ASS. Is there maybe a, a lesson you learned and you can share to our audience? If you are in doubt that you have ADD or ADHD, go and find a psychiatrist who is specialized for your first age and uh, for the fact that you might have it or not. Some psychiatrists really are specialized in old people who are having ADD or ADHD. That's a special group of psychiatrists. And find help. Let somebody guide you. Because our mind is sometimes pure chaos. No, it's not sometimes. It's always pure chaos. Um, with medication like uh, Ritalin and Equazim, it will make the chaos, it will create order out of chaos. The formula of order out of chaos is also tattooed on my arm. Um, Evert, I'm looking at our time and we're slowly getting to the end of our, of our episode. We just have one more question for you. Our previous guests, um, that's what we do on this podcast. We ask every guest to have a question for the next guest. So our previous guest has a question for you. Her question was, what do you do every day something you do every day to become better at what you do. I wake up every single day and there's no formula for uh, creativity. There is only the certainty that everybody is creative. So when you know and when you're certain that you are creative, and everything will flow. And I really mean this. We have 8 billion people in this world. Everybody is creative. Um, Evert, my final, final question for you. Do you have a question for our next guest? Which dream is not yet realized? Which dream is not yet realized? Right, we got that. Evert, thank you very much for stopping by. We had a wonderful time together. We really enjoyed our conversation and we are wishing you all the luck with everything that's coming on your path. And we hope to see you again pretty soon. Evert, till next time. Bye-bye.